0: Welcome to Fire After 50. I'm your host, Nancy Davis. I'm so excited about this stage of my life, and I want you to be excited too. Each week, I'll chat with amazing women who have broken glass ceilings, gained decades and decades of wisdom and experience, overcome a lot to be wherever they are, and have a passion they're ready to show up for. You'll be inspired, entertained, and ready to bring the fire yourself. I'm so glad you're here to listen. Here we go. Katie is the first person I have ever met who wore a bikini for the first time after 50 years old. What's the story? (laughs) First of all,
1: my question is that that surprises you because what you've worn a bikini your whole life. And
0: then so you think certainly not my whole life, but I wore a bikini when I was younger. And I think that's when most people feel more comfortable or that it's acceptable or whatever it is. And of course, I've become more and more and more about Fuck that! <laughs> we wear bikinis whenever we want to. Doesn't matter what we look like. Doesn't matter how old we are. But for someone to choose to wear a bikini for the first time after fifty, I think that is is pretty unusual.
1: Yeah, and it's the era of all bodies are beautiful too. You know, we're more in this era where uh, I think it's accepted that all bodies are beach bodies. You know, we're kind of going through this cultural change which i am embracing and i want to step into it with the rest of the women who are all like i don't care what you think of my body i'm going to do this i don't know what got into me but you know i went down to texas last february this is where the bikini came out into the public it was uh, i call it a vision quest for myself i spent nine days on my own in this condo and would go to the beach and you know the weather wasn't that great so I didn't get to wear the bikini that often but I was meeting up with some friends and we all we all met up and I said it's now or never I'm putting this this bikini on and ladies take my picture so I had witnesses there <laughs> so great. and ran out into the water it was cold and jumped around and took my picture and then posted it on social media and you know what the world did not end, right? And here I am talking right. to you. It actually just made a snowball of great things that happened. So, How did it feel? It felt great. And then we all went back to the pool and I actually swam in the pool in the bikini and jumped in and, you know, did cannonballs in it and everything like that. It just felt really free to be in my body. Now I will say I am, um, almost 70 pounds thinner than I have been in, you know, in three years, I have lost 70 pounds and put on muscle. And, you know, I think maybe that was sort of the inspiration for why I thought the bikini needed to be now, but I should have done it a long time ago. I'm fitter than I've ever been. I just ran a, a mile on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that. I'm just now getting it posted to my social media, but we have this local race in town. It's a sprint and I got second place in my age group. Wow. And my Yes. And my time was eight minutes and oh two seconds. God. And I was shooting for eight minutes and 59 seconds because last year it was nine Oh one. And I thought, well, I've got to beat it. Right. So I was shooting for eight fifty nine, and I got eight Oh one or eight Oh two.
0: That's amazing.
1: I'm pretty sure
0: I run a 13 minute mile, and therefore just don't (laughs) run.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing; like your lungs are hurting, you know, and your people are passing you, and you're just like, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this." You know, if you're going to really run, I've run half marathons before, and you, you pace yourself, of course. But this was more like a sprint, and it was it was loads of fun and. So I'm really proud of myself for being able to pull that off. I'm proud of you too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So why are you doing all this now? Like why now are you fitter than ever? Why now are you running half marathons and doing eight minute miles?
1: That's a really good question because my whole life I've always been about striving to be healthy. Mm -hmm. I've done a series of changes in my life that have added up to where I am today. Finally, after pursuing and being diligent for this, Fit chick that I knew I had inside of me, yeah. I wasn't into sports in high school. I was a theater major. I was a music major. I didn't really fit into sports, but we only had what volleyball, right? Basketball and track. Listen, we barely had sports bras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I just kept trying and trying. And I, you know, I've been in the weight loss industry before. I was a Weight Watcher leader, and so. I would try to inspire other women, but I just couldn't quite figure out the formula. And then along the way, as I kept pecking at it, I finally got there. I did quit drinking, which I think was a major shift change for me just in my energy. And what made you do that? Well, it was right before the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that I did because I was borderline probably going to end up an alcoholic if I didn't stop just reckless. What do you call it? Gray area drinking. And I did read a book by Annie Grace called this naked mind. It just kind of talked about the subconscious and how, how we relate to alcohol. And so there's something inside of me that switched on there.
0: And you're right about the pandemic because I know a lot of people struggle during the pandemic. Yeah. Specifically. I think I would
1: have been drinking mimosas for breakfast and then I would have been having white wine for lunch. And then I would have had cocktails at five o'clock and then wine at dinner. And then right. my sleep was bad and there were all just kinds of reasons. And so I never, you know, went to AA or anything, but, oh, and my son, my son was turning 19. And I mm-hmm. thought somebody in the family needs to be sober. Like <laughs> somebody needs to like, because I've come from a heavily kind of drinking family and, right. and not necessarily my husband, but just Catholic family where drinking is very common. And I thought he cannot drink because he has a seizure disorder and he takes medicine. And okay. I thought, I don't want to leave him out. That would be very unfun, right. To be the only one who, so I thought I'm going to show him that we can have fun without drinking.
0: Right. And so well, especially it was if your also... parents are partying and you're just watching, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. you're modeling for your kids, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get more out of it, what they see from you. So I had a, a, just a variety of reasons why I was quitting. And then about nine months into actually, I think my body started to believe me. She's not going to start up again. She's really going to do this thing. So then my body just started to shed a little bit more weight, feel a little bit better. Then I got a bicycle during the pandemic. I had had a bicycle, but I got a better one. Right. And I started riding seriously, going for miles And I think my body turned into kind of a a machine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) A machine. (laughs) A fiery beast.
1: Yes. And that was wonderful. And that really was a great way. My husband actually came down with colorectal cancer at the time. And we were supposed to ride together. He couldn't go. So I was out there on my own. Mm -hmm. And it was actually quite a gift because it was alone time on the bicycle, getting away from being a caregiver able to tap into that inner drive that I had that was going on. That was the summer of me falling in love with my bicycle.
0: So, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And your husband's okay now?
1: He's doing good. Yeah. he He's a clean bill of health, has had surgery, and actually just had a recent CT scan and all
0: is well. And That's great. That's a lot yeah, it's, to go through.
1: It really is, except except it was a stress on our marriage okay. and uh, the pandemic was a stress on our marriage and me not drinking has been that way and we recently have decided to divorce so I will talk about this on the podcast okay because I just moved into my own apartment oh yesterday. my gosh how do you feel I am crazy excited oh good <laughs> so for so I know I know
0: <laughs> I'm just like I'm actually oh. on my second marriage and it's tough sometimes. If someone's getting divorced, you automatically want to say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but sometimes the the thing is congratulations or that's yes. all, awesome. you know, it's really, yeah.
1: If something ends or we, people are quitting, we shouldn't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Something quits. It means it's an end of something that wasn't working.
0: Yes. And a beginning of something else.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And he
0: and I have are doing this amicably.
1: Uh, cool. We're getting along and, you know, he wasn't that crazy that I, you know, but I had been saying this, we're growing differently. We're growing. We just are. I'm very big into reading self-help books. And you know me, we've been in Abundant Ever After. Yep. You know, Which is just
0: for the listeners, a woman named Kathy Heller. She will just light anybody on fire. I defy you to listen to her podcast or know anything about her and not get lit on fire. And she's- Kind of a combination sort of mindset, woo-woo. You just cannot not feel good and you can't not believe in yourself even more. So she's freaking amazing. And that's how you and I met was we did Mm -hmm. a course of hers.
1: Yeah, it was fabulous. And actually, I started listening to that when I was down in Texas doing that vision quest. And I signed up right before I, I had gone down there. I was in a dark place because of my husband's cancer and and I really just needed time alone, time alone to think and to meditate and to what is next, what is going on? Because I thought about divorce right before he had gotten cancer, but then you don't, you don't divorce, you know, somebody when they're going through cancer. Right. That so is
0: really tricky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Being a caregiver is the hardest job because you are fine on the outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's nothing physically wrong with you. They don't see right. the chemo machine hooked up to your body. Right. They don't see the fatigue in your body. But inside you're just screaming out for help and yes. nobody knows that unless you have the strong throat chakra to, to ask for it. But I didn't, you know, I was right. still kind of living in, in sort of secret.
0: So quick question, the vision yeah. quest, was that something formal or was that just something you did no, on your own? That was just okay. on my own. Okay. That was just me needing to have
1: a reset of my spirit. And so, you know, I'm a meditator. I, I'm a yoga teacher by trade as well. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I could just go down there. It was wonderful. I barely left the place.
0: So did you decide I'm just going to go down there and see what happens? Or did you go down there and think these are the things I'm going to do and this is what?
1: No, I was going to give myself no agenda. Awesome. Yeah, it was completely free. When does anyone do that? Oh, it was so wonderful. (laughs) I know I felt really guilty there many times. I thought, I'm gonna talk myself out of this because I don't deserve it. And then there was a voice inside that said, No, you're doing this. You're gonna go. And I slept when I wanted to sleep. I ate what I wanted to eat. I journaled. I danced. I did yoga. You rocked a bikini. I rocked a bikini. (laughs) That was at the end of those days. So yeah, I just did what I wanted to do. And I I met some interesting people that lived down there. And I just followed my heart. And that's what I think I've always done is just sort of listen to what my inner spirit is telling me to do. So,
0: yeah. amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you. I love the idea of just having no agenda. And that's so unusual. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting. We just have so much internal resistance to that kind of thing. I think we just, the story is that the outside world won't let us do that. But if we make a decision to do that, Mm -hmm. it the chatter in our own minds about why that's not something we should be doing, we can pretty quickly realize that it's ourselves. Like we are the ones who are not allowing that to happen. Yeah. Not as much the outside world.
1: Absolutely. I was raised by my grandparents. And so, you know, I come from an era of women who barely could even use their own name. You know, they were Mrs. John Smith. Yep. They were not their name. You couldn't get a credit card in their name. You know, they couldn't. They, I they think that's going to be on every single
0: one of my shows. Every single talk episode. talk about that? <laughs> that well, because I keep bringing it up. Yeah. If you're younger, it's hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, there's still so much sexism. It's still patriarchal society, we, mm-hmm. of course, just got set back by 50 years. And, you know, that was yep. just one in a series of events. It wasn't just one big event. But people don't realize that while you and I were living and breathing, a woman could not have a credit card in her name. And I, I know I keep bringing that up every show. So I think it's gonna <laughs> be I'm gonna have to oh, put it in the intro or something.
1: <laughs> I remember my grandfather would sit and pay bills And the checkbook, you know, it was like the checkbook was a big deal. And he would get so mad because, you know, he'd be paying the bills and you'd have to go ask for the checkbook. So, I mean, it just the money, that whole money story that I'm, I'm working on even myself to this day. One of the reasons why I think it, the divorce uh, for, for my own life is that I have a great desire to support myself and pay for me, you know, instead of my spouse has always kind of been the breadwinner and I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time and which I think I kind of regret you know it set me back in my professional life I've talked right. to other women about that and we are where we are now and I'm moving forward in that area and Kathy is teaching us how to do that
0: in this era of digital time but yeah and and creating our own businesses yeah exactly so we don't have to worry about stepping out of that timeline We'll just create Mm -hmm. our own businesses. We'll just do our own thing.
1: Yeah, women are really lucky
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. how, I mean, you and I have seen so many women just say, I'm doing this and just really Mm -hmm. doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I can remember when the internet
1: is just brand new. I mean, my son is just turning 20 and we were just barely getting a computer when he was born. It's right. only 20 years. So, yep. I mean, I think about women now who are in the stay-at-home moms or they're, they're the entrepreneurs and the moms and, you know, what an abundant wealth yep. is out there. And then to have women like Kathy who are teaching how to, how to do it, how to have a podcast, how to do webinars and all that. So, sure. yeah, it's a definitely a different era. I was raised by my grandparents. One of the stories I'd like to just share a little bit because I think it sheds light on, on perhaps why I am who I am is that I'm a child of trauma. Okay. My mother was killed when I was eight years old, um, by her husband
0: and I was in the
1: house when it happened. Yeah. Um, she was asking for a divorce. He was a Vietnam veteran and a police officer actually who had a drinking problem and he, she wanted a divorce and he said no. And he shot and killed her. I was actually in the house when it happened. And it was an era before we had, um, Shelters for battered women, women right. who are in abusive situations, there was no place for her to go. You know, right. they didn't have any counseling for me as a child. Now we have those services in our hometown. Um, it was definitely a different era than than what we're going through now, although this still exists, right, this
0: uh, abuse for women. and Well, and it's, it's still not easy for women to, I mean, ostensibly there are shelters and ostensibly there's more yes. help, but it's pretty hard to access. Yeah. I'll
1: tell you I was feeling a lot of connection with women who try to escape and if if they need to move out quickly or you know they feel nervous about it or or scared just myself packing up this weekend and thinking I have all this stuff and all this 24 years of everything and I only have a teeny tiny apartment and I only get to take you know a certain amount what am I taking what is right. important to me Right. And it just, I really felt that kinship and connection, even though I wasn't in that kind of a scary situation, I thought about my mom and how she was asking for a divorce and she was killed for it.
0: Were you afraid when you... No, mm-mm. you weren't. Afraid no, enough. I wasn't. My
1: husband's very gentle and we don't sure. have guns in the house and all that kind of stuff. I mean, sure. I was still, still, I just feel like there's a little subconscious back there that I'm working on to That's say, what I was you know,
0: wondering. I mean, yeah. it's still...
1: How could yeah. it not be, you know, exactly. after what I, what I was raised with, but my grandparents, they didn't know how to necessarily handle it. They just kind of acted like, let's just not talk about it and move on. And right. the so little town I grew up. So was it your mom's
0: parents or your mm-hmm. dad's- My mom's
1: parents okay. raised me. Okay. So think about them. They're traumatized exactly. and they're trying to raise me without carrying on a whole lot of, and they had other children. Oh and gosh. so, just- yeah.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's what it was. It was very... Even to this day, it's still hard for our family to even talk about it, um, and that's why I want to talk about it because I feel like what you reveal, you heal. and as I'm going through this myself, it's just something that we need to support women and make sure that if someone says they want out or they want something different, we support them, and we you know give them whatever tools that they need that to help
0: them out so well yeah. and you know, I'm just sitting here in shock and Mm -hmm. grief for you. And it's also, you are just this incredible example of you never know, right? Because the reason, I mean, you're not, you know, the CEO of the universe or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just this awesome (laughs) woman (laughs) over 50 who just, every Mm -hmm. time I see you on social media, or anytime I've seen you like in a phone call or any of that, you just absolutely light the world up. And that's why I just messaged you, right? And I was like, you know what? We got to do this. Like, I don't even... And at the beginning of this call, I was like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I don't care. You're just so fucking awesome, (laughs) right? And then we don't know what people are... It really makes me cry. We don't know what people are walking around with. We don't know what people are walking around with. We don't know what people have overcome. We don't know Mm -hmm. when somebody is Mm -hmm. kind of in your way in the grocery store, what they might be flashing back on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean I know mm-hmm. that I've I've had moments where I just feel like I can't take another step because of something that has either just happened or that I'm mm-hmm. is coming back to me or something and so I always think about this if somebody cuts me off in a car or something like I have no idea what is going on with that person in that moment.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think it did give me more of an empathetic, compassionate perspective on my life. I guess it could have gone two ways. I could have blamed my life and said, because my mother was killed, then I should be a drinker and and an alcoholic and I'm allowed to do that. And I can blame it or I can use it as inspiration to counteract or do something different than what, you know, what she had because her life was taken away from her at a very, very young age. And she was my, she was my women's movement, you know, like she could have been there for me in that era and she wasn't. Um, and being raised by my grandmother, there's a different mindset and mentality there. So I kind of missed out on that era. So that's why I'm right now just so passionate about what we're going through as women today. So I'm actually, I work for the Girl Scouts I, I was going to say job. Yeah. I was going to say,
0: congratulations. I just want to read something that you wrote okay. when you posted about this, that you were so excited about this job, and you were talking about the insignias on your sash. Mm-hmm. And you said, one of my favorites is the sign of the arrow, a reminder of my adventures and accomplishments. It's a symbol of direction and discovery. To wear this meant I had gained new skills and could now set a path of fun learning and adventure for myself. And for me, that's fire after 50 right there. Yes,
1: it's the miracle of how the universe lines up, you get an alignment, and then you put yourself where path of most allowance. I actually have it tattooed on my arm here.
0: Path of most allowance?
1: Path of most allowance. So if you've ever heard of Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks, and it's sort of the positive spin on path of least resistance. Right. It's just the opposite way of thinking about it. And sure. so I wanted to live by that motto, a path of most allowance. So I, I do that. have the mindset where let's go with what's the easiest and what has been set up in our vortex. That's what Abraham Hicks talks about is that we have all of this going on around us and we don't need to fight against it. We just see where we find our happiness, with direction, and then go that way. Right. That's why I felt the yearning and the calling to finally do all these things. I feel like time is running out. I don't know if my husband's cancer kind of inspired a lot of that. You could just get cancer just like that and your whole life changes. Yes. It affected me more than it affected him. You know, he kind of just went on as life is and and dealt with it. I was like, wait, hold on here. No, this is, this is life changing. If not for you, it's going to be for me. Mm -hmm. So to see my mom, you know, lose her life so quickly and to see my husband's life come so close. And I've seen other people that I love pass away. Yeah. Life Mm -hmm. is short. We don't have a whole lot of time. And so I guess when you get into your fifties, maybe you start thinking that it was like, I'm on the second act here, you know, like you get to the point where you don't care what people think. And you just sort of got to go. You almost don't even care what
0: you think. Like yeah. I've got all this crap and all this old stuff, all these things that I've I've always gone believing this, so that's the only way I can do this, or that's that ship has sailed, or whatever it is. And now I'm like, you know what? Shut up. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> you know, I'm no. I'm gonna, you know, go on a vision quest in Texas, or I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do that. And just, you know, yeah. shut up. Come along. Hush up and yeah. come along. It's almost this paradox of on the one hand, you get to this age and you realize, Whoa, okay. <laughs> I'm in the second half, and at the same time, I just realized in the absence of something terrible, we've got Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years. Yeah. And so we spent the first half running around and feeling like we needed to have it figured out and being self-conscious about wearing a bikini in public, all of this crap, right? Mm -hmm. And now are we going to spend the second half thinking, oh, hmm, well, you know, I'm kind of getting older, so well, that's over. It's Like, no, hell no. Mm-mm. let's do it. Kathy
1: talked about the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself with Joe Dispenza. Yep. I read that book and it said, you know, you've got to change your everyday patterns yes. and you've got to shift it up. If you really want to see something different, you've got to do different. And right. so there was just something about that. And so I've just been driven and meticulous about shaking it up yeah. and, and doing it different. So as I am in my new apartment yesterday, I went to a different Target you know? Yeah, exactly. I was like, like, (laughs) the people are different here. You know, you can just feel it versus the target that I always went to before. It had a different vibe. It had really some hip people walking around, you know? And this morning I went for a walk and I looked at different houses. You know, I'm not looking at the same houses. I'm looking at new neighbors. I'm looking at a different park. If it gets to be the same, it just really starts to scare me almost. You know, Well,
0: that, and also you're not even aware of the habits that you're in because mm-hmm. it is what you always do. I literally, mm-hmm. it makes me laugh about the target because I literally started sitting at different seats. I think everybody kind of just has a certain seat at the table, mm-hmm. wherever, you know, whether you're sitting alone or with other people, you know, you've got your kitchen table, you sit there. And I just started switching that up. And the Good first idea. time I did it, my family was like, that's not your seat. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know, I'm switching it up. And it's, oh, this yes. is a different, literally a different perspective. Looking out yes. a different window, or and it is that thing of okay, what do I always do? I'm going to do something even a little bit different, and even bringing your awareness to the fact that you always do that. That's kind of the essence of meditation, right? Is just yes. noticing, noticing, yes, oh, I always do it this way. I always yes. do. And it's, and it's funny too, because I do Wordle every morning <laughs> and I keep thinking, you know, you shouldn't pick up your phone and do this, but I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking doing Wordle. I'm just doing it. <laughs> I know I do it every morning and I know I do it before I meditate and all of that, but I am doing Wordle. <laughs>
1: So, it probably is working your brain though. You know, it might be yeah. that's, I don't know anything about it, but I see people doing Wordle, and it must it's be. Like it's like a, a five like minute little or-
0: word thing. And it's great because you can't be very compulsive about it because there's only one. And then it resets the next 24 hours. Otherwise someone like me could be sitting there two hours later saying, I really need to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really got to do something besides this. That's
1: awesome. I love to get up. I love to get up and dance around and have music and and totally raise my vibration. That was something I started a few years back. I think actually at the beginning of my weight loss was just knowing that I wanted to pick up how that that energy was inside of me. So I put on headphones and just let myself dance and Journaling, I have these main things that I do as well, that just, you know, that grounding rod. But then at the same time, you're right. Pick something different. Do something a little bit different. I switch jobs quite often. It's quite humorous. I've been many different hats. I was a financial advisor for a while. I worked in a retail interior design store. Like I said, I'm a yoga teacher. And so I kind of bounce all over in these different worlds. And I don't know if it's my ability as a theater major to kind of, I always say, I act like I know what I'm doing. I'm right. really good at just sort of getting in there. and Owning the mind,
0: imposter syndrome, right?
1: I don't mind feeling stupid. As, as Kathy would say, you know, be a C student. Right. It's okay. I don't have to be perfect at anything. I noticed when my husband and I were closing up our marriage, he said, well, you start a lot of things and you don't finish them. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, "That's an ouchie." Yes, I, I said, "Yes, I do," and I'm proud of that because I'm good at quitting. I don't care. I feel like I tried something, and it wasn't for me, or I got out of it what I wanted to do, and I'm moving on.
0: One of my best friends actually says that she admires that about me. That if I'm in a situation and it's just really, really not working for me, yeah, I'll just let it go. And yeah. of course, from the inside, I accused myself of being a quitter or not sticking with things or not seeing things through or...
1: Being a failure.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we've, we have this horse farm that we've had for seven years and there are so many amazing things about it. It's a magical place and we've made incredible memories here, but financially and logistically, it's there's no freedom whatsoever. There's just no freedom. And so when we first were going to, put it up for sale people were like you can't sell the farm and I don't mean they meant anything but you know things become who you are and again we've had just made incredible memories here and now I'm ready to go yeah I'm I'm ready to go I'm ready to yeah. you know we still have horses but I'm ready not to be a horse farmer anymore I'm ready to travel with my friends and be freer I'm just I love that
1: I love that yeah And I think the new generation of young, I think you were talking about that with uh, Kate on your first podcast. Right. You know, she loved, she said she loved the new generation of kids because they're just so willing to like try something and then move on. They just have no judgment about that. And I loved, love that podcast. So, people, uh, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to Nancy's podcast that you heard (laughs) because they are just so great. And Kate, I uh, messaged her and said she inspired me to take up writing. I think that's something I want to try because, uh, you know, I've been told I'm a good writer and I have obviously have a pretty interesting backstory, right? Certainly. There's got to be something in there. I feel like I'm going to give a stab at that. So awesome! she inspired me to do that's that. So, so
0: great. And yeah. first of all, I'm sure you'll be successful. And second of all, if you don't like it, you'll do something different. Yeah. Right.
1: And it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah, you know, it's a computer and a blank slate and you exactly. can just get up, put your fingers to the keyboard and get some creative juices flowing. I think everybody is creative and we get so worried that we, like you said, have to do it so perfectly. But if you could just find that creative outlet, it helps so much to endure life. Life yes. is heavy. It can be hard. It's got, it's depressing parts of it, but it also has its joy and its beauty and it's fun and it's laughter. And it's all in perspective. It's all it in really perspective. Is.
0: And in any yeah. given moment, at any given moment, you can put on. And I don't mean to sound so Pollyanna. It's not like I walk around like this every single moment. But I'm, yeah. I'm aware that at any single moment, I could put on some kick-ass song and have mm-hmm. a one-song dance party mm-hmm. at any given moment. And there's mm-hmm. no way that that won't change your mind, your mindset. Mm-hmm.
1: I used yeah. to say a lot in yoga. You know, I used to teach laughing yoga. And people, how do you do that? Well, it's just faking it. You just force yourself to laugh. You don't tell jokes. I actually self-taught by looking at YouTube to figure oh, out cool. how to do laughing yoga. And go. then I just kind of made it up as I went along. Again, be creative about it. But if you force yourself to laugh and you start hearing other people laugh, right. then it becomes it makes natural. makes me laugh to think about it. Doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it you does. You start laughing yep. and you do weird laughter, like, you know, or, oh, 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 you know, just like do the weird laughter, just something like Santa Claus laughter, or I used to say flirting laughter, like, ooh, like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and uh, Janice on Friends, right? Chandler. <laughs> Oh yeah. my God. Hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> see, it makes me laugh. And you do that for half hour and you could combine some yoga poses. If you wanted to, I would have people in warrior pose. And then I would say, okay, now let's, let's build out a laughter. And you would feel it in your gut. You feel it in your cheeks. And by the time you're done with that class, you know, you're flushed and you're, you're feeling the oxygen. And I mean, I know the American cancer society has laughter yoga as an endorsed, because anybody can do it. You don't have to have flexibility, right? right. Mm-hmm. I used to teach laughter yoga to people who were in rehabilitation centers. And there was a woman, I think she had ALS. Okay. And she couldn't move. Her. She was so tight and, she, you know, could not. And after the class, she, her caregiver said her hands were relaxed, you oh know. And she God. could tell that, yeah, she was in a wheelchair and could tell that it had affected her neurology. Wow. It's such a great thing to be able to connect with other people through laughter. I would say your mind will try to ask you why you're laughing. So just kind of ignore that. But your body will believe you.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Your
1: body will believe. It's the same way with dancing. You might say, why am I dancing? I don't feel like dancing. And then by the time you're done with that song, your body is full of endorphins and it's in your mindset
0: catches up with you. Yeah, right. You you kind of just have to make a decision about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Mel Robbins five.
1: Yeah. Five the high five habit. habit. Yes. Well, the high five habit. I
0: love that <laughs> yep. one too. She's yep. so
1: smart. You know, you just do it no matter what. I always had the same, be happy for no reason.
0: Yeah. Like You
1: don't need a reason to be happy. And I, on my other arm. So I have path of most allowance tattooed on one arm and I have happiness warrior on the
0: other. Oh, I love that. You are a happiness warrior. Well, you feel really like are. I
1: should be because I have people who are going through tough times, including myself, and I'm going to fight. For happiness, I used to tell my grandmother. She'd say, "What do you want to be when you, you know, let's go to college? You could be a teacher. You could be a nurse. You know, as those two choices: mm-hmm. teacher or nurse for women." Um, I'd say, "I just want to be," and she'd say, "Don't say it. I'd say <laughs> I just want. I just want to be happy." And oh my she was gosh. like. That's just not possible. You know, like that's just, oh yeah, no, not that era of women did not Mm -hmm. have the ability to say, I want to strive for happiness. It's a selfish thing. It can be considered, you know, very selfish to want to try for your own happiness. And you just have to ignore that word. It's self love.
0: The thing about that, the happier I am, the happier everyone around me is. Mm -hmm. it's really contagious. It's putting on the
1: oxygen mask first. It
0: really is. And Mm -hmm. and that is something that has encouraged me through times of feeling like self-care or those internal old messages about that's selfish is I just see the impact on the people around me, my husband, my kids, the people around me. It just lights everybody up and it gives them permission also.
1: And striving for happiness isn't always the easiest path. Because what I went through this weekend was not easy telling my husband that I'm serious about this. I am moving out and we are getting divorced. And he was like, I never believed you. I didn't think that you were serious. Like he didn't really think I was going to go through with it. And when I was finally ready to go through with it, that was hard. The packing up, the hard discussion, all of that was hard. But I knew that on the other side of that was what I wanted and so that's, I think, sometimes why people avoid doing the hard stuff because
0: right. it's like... It's hard. Hard stuff is really, hard. really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you know, you can see it so clearly what's on the other side of it. It's just what you have to go through. Sometimes it's it's more than you have the will to go through.
1: But running this morning, my first night was last night. I got my gym shoes on this morning and I'm like, I'm going to go explore my new neighborhood. And I got out there and the sky is blue and I'm running through the park. And I'm like, look at this place. This is amazing. Oh, I can't believe I did it. I really did it. I made this happen because I saw it in my mind. I envisioned it. Seriously, I really have never lived on my own other than a little bit of time. I I was married. That's my second marriage. So I was at home with my family. And then I jumped into a first marriage. Then I got divorced. And then I had a little bit of time in there on my own, but I was real panicked. I felt like, oh, my gosh, my time clock is ticking. I got to have children. I need to be married. That's what people do. So I got married again really quickly. I never took the time to discover who I was. Right. Now that my kid is, he's grown, he's in college. This is my time. And I want it back. And as much as I loved him, and I still do, it just didn't work for us to keep living compatibly. So. I feel like I finally have been given the keys Well, congratulations on your divorce. Thank (laughs) you. Congratulations. (laughs) Please, let's not be sad.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's so awesome.
1: No one's been injured in it other than our, you know, my husband's heart's a little bit broken, but I'm excited for him. I think he's going to discover things about his life. And I had to force the little
0: bird out of the nest. If people want to find you as they inevitably will, where should they reach out to you?
1: Energy Coach Katie at Gmail. I do a little life coaching
0: on the side. Well, because who doesn't want your energy? Well, it's there, baby. It's yep. there.
1: And then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. So my maiden name is Duryea, D U R Y E A. So I'm Katie, K A T Y, D U R Y E A,
0: Ramos, R A M O S. Thank you so much. This was, that was such really fun. a pleasure. So much fun. Thank you so much for listening to Fire After 50. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with your friends and family. I'd also be deeply grateful if you'd leave me a review wherever you listen to it. Finally, I'd love to hear from you. So please DM me on Instagram at fireafter50, that's fireafter50, or through my Facebook page under the same name. Thank you so much again for being here.